Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And here we are for another edition of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a Saturday afternoon for us. Harry Alexander in Bunker de France. Yep. Yep. And uh, we're missing. We're <laughs> well, we're missing Todd and we're missing, missing our, our guests. guests. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so prepared. Oh, boy. <laughs> You know, these things happen. This yeah. is, uh, you know, in, in live radio, which essentially this is, these things happen. Wait a minute, and, I can't find my pulse. Are yeah. you sure this is live radio? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm positive. <laughs> uh, and uh, th- these are the things that happen. So you have to uh, drop back and punt and uh, figure out what the devil you want to do. But you got some news first. Well, I got I got some cowboy news. Uh, I want to do a little plug here. It uh, came up your Friday on another radio show, I mentioned it, a little TV show called Stubby Pringles Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was uh, showed on December 17, 1978. It was a 55-minute, uh, it wasn't a series or anything, it was just, a, I guess, a little short movie. Mm-hmm. But it just blew me away. It became one of my all-time favorites. It was directed by Burt Brinkerhoff. From a story by Jack Schaefer, the gentleman that brought yep. us Shane and yep. Monty Walsh. Yep. And the writer was James Lee Barrett, who is was a heck, was a heck of a writer. Now, Bo Bridges was a very young in fact he was perfect. He was he was Dubby Pringle as mm-hmm. far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. And for me, this was one of the best cowboy Christmases you could ever see. I mean it just you know, I was at that age, and it just—I said, "Wow, this is this is the real McCoy." Anyhow, he played Stubby Pringle. Uh, Julie Harris, she was Miss Georgia Henderson. Ed Ed Benz was Red. Jill Wills was the janitor in this thing. <laughs> Kim Hunter was Mrs. Hunter. Yeah, that's <laughs> An interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strother Martin was Old Hollander. Uh huh. And anyhow, the storyline in this is that. Uh, Young uh, Stubby, the year before at a Christmas party, saw this young girl. Okay. And he was smitten. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know her name. Mm-hmm. But he's also prepared for this Christmas. He has Christmas presents for this young lady. Okay. So, anyhow, there it is, I guess, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and he's out at the line shack, and he decides, well, I got to go look this young lady up at the Christmas party and take her her presents. Mm-hmm. Well, this is where it gets interesting because he doesn't just go right straight to the party. On the way, he meets people. Okay. And things happen in the Christmas kind of way. All right. And he does good things and has good experiences and he helps people. And it's just an all around feel good, you know, cowboy spirit Christmas. And that's. That's why it just, it's always been so special for me. Well, all right. And it's it's called Stubby Pringles Christmas. Yes. Find it on uh, the Internet, right? Yeah, you can find it. Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Chris on uh, Wake Up America, Wake Up uh, Tucson. Uh, uh-huh. Christy Simone. Mm-hmm. Christy Simone. Uh, 
he looked it up and said, yes, there he's going to watch it. Right. So hopefully I made a convert right there. Either there that go. or either that or he'll, I'll, I'll be catching the dickens from him. <laughs> um, and that's that's kind of the movie news or the TV news, whatever you want to call it. Now, the other stuff is not not of such a happy nature. Okay, It's for people I know and people that I don't know that passed away uh, this year that uh, – Coming the end of the year, I thought maybe a little recognition their way might be coming. Yes. Uh, the one fellow is Chuck Bale, who's one hell of a stunt man. He's 85 years old when he died. He he passed on November 17th. Six foot four, so good looking guy. I mean, black wavy hair, and he did a lot ton of stuff. I'll just run through some of the shows here because. Because we're just we're tap dancing yeah, for time right, anyway. For a moment, for, for he did Gunsmokes, Bonanza, The Big Valley. He was a double for Peter Breck on that one. He directed uh, Black Samson, which is a black exploitation uh, mm-hmm. thing. And then he did a bunch, of, directed a bunch of TV things, um, multiple episodes on some of them. Baywatch Nights, Adam Twelve, Dragnet, the '67 Revival. Uh, what else did he do? Oh, here we go. What is that? I can't read that. <laughs> it's your writing. No, it's my writing. <laughs> Anyhow, whatever it was, he did it. He also did. He also uh, did Wagon Train, Broken Arrow, Rough Riders, The Texan. These are all great westerns. Wanted Dead or Alive, The Monroes. He did a chap. He did some Chaparral, Bat Masterson. The Virginia Laredo, Daniel Boone, Kung Fu, mm. Kung Fu. Uh, he did a, a feature, Ballad of a Gunfighter. Uh, he did another one, uh, Taggart. We worked together on Hallelujah Trail. There's a great story there. There was, you know, Saturday night in town after after a week's work. You know, you the hair gets a little loose, the hat gets tilted back. Yeah. And, yeah. And a few things get tilted. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, Chuck talked one of the local guys into riding a horse into the bar. Now, the bar just happened to be the El Rancho Hotel where the company was staying, and it's probably the finest hotel in Gallup, or it was back in those days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he kind of instigated a, uh, I think, a jolly situation. <laughs> right? there, there were words about this later. He did the Glory Guys, and he was doubling Tom Tyron in that one. The Jayhawkers, Gone with the West, uh, the Green Berets. He had a nice part in that in stunts. And in the Stuntman movie, about Stuntman, he was the uh, stunt coordinator and also played the stunt coordinator in the movie. Wow. He was like playing himself, I guess you mm-hmm, might say. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, Amigo, you have a good ride up there with the big man. Now, another one, this is getting closer to home to here in Tucson and all our high chaparral people, but Robert Euro, who was 88 when he passed on uh, November 16th, he was a survivor, a survivor and served in the Korean War, but uh, he did some script, he did a script for high chaparral in Death Valley. Uh, Bonanza, and that's one of our high chaparral guys we lost. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Robert Euro was an actor. I'm sorry, sorry. Rob was William Bill Bill Ben. He was 83, 
Uh, he's a script writer and a producer. He did script for Chaparral. Won an Emmy for Brian's song in uh, 71. So it kind of shows you the quality of the, of the writer he was and also the quality of the writers that Chaparral had. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm wondering how many... Uh, we were talking about uh, Chris, uh, Cowboy Christmas movies, and you mentioned the uh, Stubby Pringle. Um, Gene Autry did... Uh, uh, Gene Autry wrote, mm-hmm. I mean, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, for God's yeah. sake. Uh, and... Frosty. Frosty, and then here, here comes, comes Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. And he says Sandy better Sandy, than anybody. Sandy Claus. Uh, there's a movie, uh, Gene Autry Christmas Western, called The Cowboy and Indians. Yeah. And basically, about that well, Gene uh, attempts to, it's Christmas time, and Gene attempts to help out a tribe of Indians that are using his land. Further investigation finds that trading post owner Smiley Martin is depriving the natives of their livelihood so he can blackmail them for a valuable object. Oh. How many times have we heard that story? Uh, Gene sings Here Comes Santa Claus, Silent Night, and many more. Uh, interestingly enough, Clayton Moore and Jay Silverheels are in this cast as well. So uh, that you can find that on Amazon Prime, which I think is on my... I think that's on my Amazon Well, you list. know, that brings up another one, and I can't remember whether it's Gene or Roy... But I think it's Roy, where the plot line is that he comes to Gina Roy, comes to the, mm-hmm. the aid of the, an old rancher mm-hmm. who uh, raises Christmas trees. He mm-hmm. has a herd of Christmas trees, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and somebody's been rustling his Christmas trees. Hmm. I think it was Jack Holt, but I'm just guessing. <laughs> Christmas tree rustler. Yeah, yeah that's, pretty, that's pretty low. <laughs> How low can you get? That is low. Yeah. <laughs> and and Jack, Jack Holt doing it. Jack Holt's yeah. usually a good guy. Yeah, he's the good guy. Yeah. <laughs> usually. I think I think it was Jack. I could be wrong. Uh, but can you imagine stampeding a herd of Christmas trees? It'd be kind of piney, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pining for these old movies. Uh, and then you get stuck with the sap. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty sappy. Yeah. I know. It's okay. best I can do. Right well, now. here we've got a couple more, uh, a couple of ladies that passed on. Uh, uh, one especially, Abby Dalton. What a what a beautiful woman. Uh, she was 88 when she passed on November 23rd. And I worked with her on a TV movie called The Plainsman up in Kanab. Me and uh, Neil, we were... We were shooting Indians, and they were shooting us. There's an interesting story there. We're doing the big siege. We're up on this hill, and the Indians are riding up and and shooting at us, and we're shooting at them. Mm -hmm. Well, the Indians would take the brass from the 4570s, pull off the rubber tips of the arrows, and stick them on on the end of this arrow, which, you know, Gave it some weight, so it had it would travel yeah, it would, a lot yeah, farther, and it would thump you a lot yeah, better. Yeah. So you know, you know, and just in the spirit of fair play and, and camaraderiness, we would take uh, juniper berries and Ooh. put them in the end of the barrel, Ooh. and we fired the forty-five-seven. Now we didn't shoot them at them. We'd wait till they re- they turn around and start heading downhill, yeah, yeah. you know, retreating. Right. And we'd shoot the horses in the row. Mm-hmm. And of course, the old horses would start bucking yeah, and yep. pitching. 
And so, you know, I think I think it was kind of a fair exchange, you know. You and Neil, very devious minds. Well, you know, we're devious guys. Ah, man, never know what to expect out of oh. a pair of stuntmen hey, like you guys. Hey, I'll tell you what. We <laughs> we went through so much ammunition. As we were up there, and this was like, this is what you call serendipity. We had two weeks off from Do It Diablo. This fell in right in that two weeks period so we just went from one show in cavalry uniforms to another show in cavalry <laughs> uniforms they had to borrow ammunition from do diablo to finish the day's work because i mean you know they didn't realize you know they just said grab a handful of cartridges yep well i'd have one between each finger you know one behind my ear and one stuck in the <laughs> air you know and well we'd get those old 45 70s We'd get, you know, we get six, seven, eight shots off in a in a shot, in which in real life you'd only be like no. one or two. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like we're getting our jollies, you know. <laughs> Fire. Well, this is supposed to be a show about uh, movie locations with our good friend Gene Freeze, and uh, or Marty Freeze rather, Gene's his son. Uh, I always get the two of them confused. Yeah. I don't know why, but I do. Well, uh, the last same last year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Marty's not here. <laughs> I don't know where Marty is. Yeah. We don't know. I don't have his number with me. Yeah, I don't either. But and um, Todd's not here. Todd's, so you know, here's here's what. Let's just talk about movie locations. Well, we can do, we I, know I, we know I've enough got, to get I've ourselves got, in trouble. I've got two more people I want to mention here that passed, and All then right. let's do that. That way, I'll get my I'll get my moral obligations gotcha. out of the way. All right. The other one, another uh, a very pretty young lady. When when she did it, she worked Hallelujah Trail. It was Pamela Tiffin. She played Burt Lancaster's daughter, and uh, and then uh, Arthur S. Newman. That was Paul Newman's brother. 96 years old, wow. died on December 7th, and he functioned as producer on a lot of Paul's shows and two of the westerns, The Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean and uh, Pocket Money. All right, interesting. And he liked to play the drums. Who doesn't? Yeah, who, no, I don't. Well, have you ever tried? Yeah. No. Yeah. You have? Yeah. And you're no good? Well, let's just say I'm better with the brush than I am with the sticks. <laughs> It's yeah. the same thing. <laughs> well, I mean, no, one is like dum 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 dum, you're right. and the other is like. Yeah, but you're still keeping time. And then you can get up there on the on the symbols and. Shh, oh, look, look 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 who's look who listen who's joined us here. Who's joined us? Todd. Uh, hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. We missed you. Yes, I'm. I apologize. <laughs> I I got uh, I got talking to someone and uh, things. Uh, yeah. Got, Young lady? Yeah. No. Oh. No. Talking about cowboy boots. Oh, okay. <coughs> well, that's okay then. I was just about to text you and see if you uh, wanted to join us. Well, I always want to join you. It's a question of uh, uh, the hurdles that life puts in front of me. Ah, yes. Well, just to bring you up to date, our our guest, Marty Freeze, is, is uh, hey, not gotten here yet. And okay. we were going to talk about locations, so... Let's just yeah. let's just pick your mind. Let's talk about locations without him until he gets here. If he gets here, I want okay, to. I yeah. want. I want to know about the Corrigan Ranch as a location, and is, is that open to the public or Corriganville? Well, the Corrigan Ranch is gone. All oh. that's left is the coffee shop. I see. And you and you, we can go there. Uh, it's open every day. It's in Simi Valley. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you can have a, a lovely little breakfast or lunch, whatever mm-hmm. you choose. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's it's pretty neat. The other payoff to do, to go there is that you're just down the road from the Reagan Library, so right. you can go there too, as well as the so, uh, uh, Joel McRae Ranch. That's nearby too. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Let me is. ask you: yes, Does any is. of the old timers ever show up there for coffee in the morning? Or any of the young-timers well, that honor it? There is a thing called the Silver Spur Awards, and mm-hmm. it kind of emanates out of that coffee shop. And, um, you know, they give an award awards away every year and so on. I don't know if they still do it. They used to. Then they'd put it, they'd have it somewhere at some steakhouse or something out there in Simi Valley. Um, and a lot of people we know have received awards from the Silver Spur Awards, and that's nice. Um, also out there is the Silver Fox Ranch, which Zsa Zsa Gabor used to own. Hmm, and the Silver Fox was a whitish... Um, he definitely had the, a lot of white pigment to his hair, mm-hmm. his, 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 his body. Uh, but he also had... There was some kind of a... I don't know if you called silvery, but he had a, a, a sheen to him, and uh, he was a stud. And uh, she used to kiss him on the lips. And uh, I I went out there and I spent some time with her and my my buddy and I went out there because my buddy was looking to buy a horse and he he was looking at a horse that was stabled there mm-hmm. by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, she the the owner of the other horse said, "Oh, would you like to meet Jaja and her?" And, her, and meet her horse. Well, uh, she, sure, of course. And they brought the horse out, and the horse, you know, stood there and uh, looked at us like, uh, you know, <laughs> why are you guys bothering me? Uh, do you have any apples? No? Okay, goodbye. And that's why um, I've got a long face. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you didn't and kiss the horse? She just could not talk enough about this horse. She wow. loved this horse to, to, to an extent that was a little... A little much, and uh, mm-hmm. and then she went and took the horse and you know grabbed the um, under part of the halter and put her lips up to his lips and he kissed her and she kissed him back on the lips mm-hmm. and oh I love him he's so beautiful isn't he beautiful <laughs> and I was like yeah uh, he's a good looking horse uh, you know I, I and the violin music swell I don't know that I'd send him flowers on on, on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, if that's your choice, please be my guest. Um, and it was a beautiful ranch, beautiful ranch. So there's a lot of stuff out in that country. The other thing is, is when you're on the 118 freeway driving east or west, there's a certain point where you get to, especially if you're driving west, that all of a sudden you start going, "Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I having flashbacks?" Because this, these rocks here look really familiar. Ooh, those rocks look really familiar. Uh, ooh, this uh, hill looks really familiar. And those are all the spots where, you know, Roy Rogers shot a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, of course, Crash Corrigan shot a lot of stuff yeah. out there. Um, force. Back then, there was no highway. So right. it was just open land and as rustic as you could imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of those rocks are as famous as Vasquez rocks. Right. Uh, which are the exact opposite way, but nonetheless, um, it's it's it, if you if you grew up loving the stuff we love, um, you're kind of in heaven. 
Well, and on that note, we're going to take our very first break. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Todd Roberts, and Bunker de France with you. We're talking movie locations, and we'll be back right after these important words. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Watch classic Western movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. On Abel Francis, the voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bucker DeFrance, Todd Roberts, and our guest, Marty Fries, is. Uh, yeah, I finally dropped in. Wandered in. Is <laughs> <laughs> that isn't from Gory, guys? Yeah, no, it is not. No, it is not. Is that another one of your mystery It, it is, it is, and it sounded like great movie music, and it so does. that's yeah. why. Uh, it sounded like Gory, guys. That's that, well, wait till you hear the next one coming oh, okay. up. Uh, not, not the bottom of the hour, but the oh, other one. Okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll think it was uh, from Marty Walsh. I spilled the beans. Well, Marty, how the heck are you? Well, I'm okay once I found the place. <laughs> I made a wrong turn at the corral. How many times have you been here? <laughs> well, I've been here a couple of times, but I came down Fort Lowe this time. Oh, instead. okay. Yeah. That'll do it. Turn I, right I, and turn right in, but hey, it's not there. Where this is, is it? so bizarre because I did almost the same thing today uh, coming up to Fort Lowe. I always come up that way, yeah. but I stopped to get uh, something to drink, margarita, yeah, and <laughs> And I stopped on on uh, first, so I come out of the Seven Eleven and I just start heading down first, heading north, and I'm going. Wait a minute, 
This isn't Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should have called Harry today, I guess, and touched base with Well, him. that's all right. And I couldn't call you at home because you have a home phone. We're, we're here. It's all good. And um, Any, Anyway, Gene called me and said, Dad, you're on the show, aren't you? And I said, I was supposed to be. <laughs> uh, hello, Gene. Thanks yeah. for calling your yeah. dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay, well, what are we talking about? You're, you're, well, I don't know. You're moving to uh, California. Why, yes, I what, am. Why in the devil is that happening? Uh, we're doing that for my wife's health. Okay. Yeah, she's... The dry climate's getting getting to her. And this year was particularly bad without any rain, and mm-hmm. she's got a condition called Sjogren's, where mm-hmm. the dry air is really starting to bother her bad. So yeah. we need to move into a mild climate. Mm-hmm. So San Marcos so is Marty, a nice area. Yep. Marty, where are you guys going to live? This we're is live Todd in, here. Oh, in Todd. LA. Hi, Todd. How you doing? Uh, we're going to be I'm in good. San Marcos, California, about San Marcos. Uh, yes, 15 miles inland from Oceanside. Okay. Right near Escondido. Okay. That's about. Just okay. watch the best can Todd wants your address because he's going to come in oh, sure. on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm, uh, that 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 partly, but also, uh, if you ever come to LA, you have an open door with me. Well, thank so, you, Todd. Appreciate uh, it. Oh, yeah, not at all. It's my pleasure, and uh, I'll show you any part of LA that you do know about and want to see, and the other parts you've never heard of. Yeah. So, uh, but also there. more importantly, yeah. now we have another reason. For the show to take a field trip. There you go. To Olaf Wayhorse, yep. Leo Carrillo, yep. wow. and now Marty uh, and his <laughs> lovely bride. There you go. What got you interested in, uh, let me preface here, Marty was also a, a tour guide when Old Tucson was was uh, operating. And what, a film historian. Film historian. What got you interested into the movie location aspect? Well, I've always been interested in uh Western movies, of course, ever since I was a boy. And then when I finally got to meet some of the actors and things and started talking to them about locations, I started searching a lot of the locations, and I got interested in doing a documentary about it. So I did one called On Location Western Movies, Part 1 and 2, and then the final. So I have all this location information put together and kept searching. And then as I worked at O.T. Sun Studios over the years, you know, people asked me about this location, that's so why I kept talking to actors and talking to different people and going out and searching for them. So uh, that's what really sparked my interest. And, but it's really neat to find a location where you, you saw, saw one of your favorite yeah, scenes yeah. shot. Like when we were up in the Alabama Hills, Lone Pine, I found like seven locations where Audie Murphy yeah. did scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, one, when John Saxton and Audie Murphy did a movie called uh, Posse from Hell. Mm-hmm. And when they went in, yeah, they did a really neat scene where John Saxon fell off the horse. I found that area, and it used to be called like Rattlesnake Gulch, where there was that a bunch where of rattlesnakes. The rock slopes down like that. Yeah, they yeah. they go out of a sandy wash. Anyway, they said they used to have to go in there and clear out a bunch of snakes before they could film there. Mm. <laughs> so you know, I, I spent the whole day. It was like ninety six degrees. My wife and I went up and down the hills, and wow. after about four hours, she said, "You know, it's ninety six degrees out here." <laughs> We've been you, out here four hours, and yeah. I said, okay, time to go, I guess. Did you go to Pickle Rock? Yeah, I tried to find it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did see Pickle Rock. But, but what about Hoppy Rock? Yeah, I found Hoppy Rock. And Lone Ranger, and Lone Ranger yeah. Pass. Yeah. The one I couldn't find was, uh, uh, oh, shoot, I can't think of it now, but anyway, the, I spent rock, a long time looking missing, for that. Yeah. Yep, I spent a lot of time looking for that where they did the final scene and an Audie Murphy movie. Well, you also produced uh, a couple of videos on uh, Ar- Arizona movie locations, uh, yes. southern Arizona, specifically Marana, Star Pass, Mescal, 
and uh, then another one on baseball stadiums. And yeah. Th- your videos are fantastic. Well, thank you very much. You're going to market those things? Um, I don't plan on it, really. I'm, I'm, I do have one in the future. I'm going to take all my Western movie locations and re-edit them and shorten them down, the scenes, mm-hmm. so I won't do a copy infringement. And I hope to, you know, maybe add that to the public. The, the basis of, of what he has done, he takes the movie, for example, Winchester 73, and shows the scene uh, there, and then it, it fades or dissolves to Marty standing in that same spot out at the White Stallion Ranch. And, or Barb. Or, yeah. yeah, and it was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it it's just really good. Uh, really well, thank good. you. That really Star good. Pass when uh, Gene and I went down and did some hiking, mm-hmm. and I found a couple more locations with Gene's help uh, that I hadn't found before. They did the final gunfight in Duel in the Sun up there on top of the hill, mm-hmm. and there was a rock there. Looks like a bird peak. That's mm-hmm. where yeah, Jennifer Jones I, I remember that climbs towards Gregory Peck. So Gene and I we found that the second time through. Barb and I had already been up there, but. He helped me find the location for the Furies, where they built the fortress up on mm-hmm, top of the hill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was right up towards the entrance, and I'd been too deep in there, you know. So that was really neat, so I put that in there, too. And Anyway, uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to throw a little video together about that. Yeah. All the different it films. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it there. is. It is. Bunker and well, I spent uh, a couple hours watching yeah. You know, I, I've, <laughs> I've got an idea for you and Todd. Okay. <laughs> well, think about this. and Todd, listen closely now. I'm even taking notes, Bunker. That's good, because, you know, Marty really knows this country. We went out in February to Muscow and over by Texas Canyon. Just him, excuse me, Gene, him, and myself had a delightful day. But think about a location service for Southern Arizona, because, you know, most of the time, you know, they have to find somebody here. And if they can yeah. get somebody there that knows the things, and with uh, Todd's contacts and your knowledge, I think you guys would make a heck of a team. Well, we used to go down to the Nogales Film Festival wow. every year, and we would take groups out to locations like Elgin and show them where they shot Red River. And, and did you, you go know. out? Have you been out to where they did David and Bathsheba? Yes. Oh, okay. And then we even found in uh, uh, Battle Hymn where we found uh, hmm. sites up there, you know, at Nogales Airport. And then David and Bathsheba, we found an old uh, steps from the old fortress yeah. up on the north end of the yeah. airport. Wow. And we went up there the first time, and we found that. That was really cool. And then you got the road over Madeira Canyon yeah. that, that Jimmy yeah. Stewart drove. Yep. You know, we Mountain Road. Yeah. I found the temple they built. In, and oh, actually, really? PJ and I went up the steps. The steps are still on the side of the hill. They're <laughs> grassed over, but the yeah. fortress is up on top, and they tore it down You know, after a couple of years because people were trespassing on it. But I found a bunch of old bricks and mortar from the set, so I took two or three of them home and put them in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, none of this is mapped out either, is it? Not really. I uh, mean, it's like ge- this is like geocaching. <laughs> yeah, is is the you know, the mill that you know that the re- it was a real mill on uh, Ombre that was up there on the top of the hill? Yeah. Is that anything, any of that still left? I've never been up there, but uh, none of it's left because Chris uh, Lincoln Bell from University of Arizona, he was a guy I was working with for a while. And, we were going to go do a location at San Rafael Ranch, and then the pandemic hit. But uh, he's had a drone up there and flew all over yeah. the area with a drone. So he's got footage of uh, the top of the mountain there. So I never got up that far past Hel- Helabisha there. Yeah. And uh, 
would have liked to. I'd love to got up there and see where the set was at. Oh, that was the staircase. Was, that yeah. was a be- you know, and it was a real McCoy. Yeah, but it was beautiful. I mean, it you couldn't yeah. have, Hollywood couldn't have done a better job. That would That's, have to be the way to do it is by drone. Yep. Uh, to see all of that, man. Get hey, the, that get road was so steep. Taking the the movie equipment up there. Yeah. They had to use a caterpillar. Oh my. To pull the trucks up there because the trucks oh, couldn't really? pull the grade. <laughs> Wow. All right. We're talking with Marty Freeze, film historian, old Tucson tour guide, and um, location guy. And all around good guy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, this is Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. It's with Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. And uh, we're going to take a break and be back with much more right after these very important messages. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. With the fall and the coming of cooler weather, Tucson Trap and Skeet now institutes our fall hours. Office hours are Wednesday through Sunday from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And automated fields are open daily from 7 a.m. until dusk. So come out and shoot from one of our 50 trap fields, 13 skeet fields, or five international bunkers. Visit TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com for all of our upcoming events or call 883-6426. Hi, everyone. This is Susan McRae. Welcome to Chaparral Roundup. I Chaparral debuted back in 67 and lasted until 71. March 12th through the 14th in Tucson, Arizona, I'll be hosting Chaparral Roundup, a get-together with fans, friends, and special guests featuring confessions of an acting cowboy, highlights of the life and career of Don Collier, who was Sam Butler on the show, lunch at the White Stallion Ranch, the location where we shot several episodes of the High Chaparral, with music, a western show, a question and answer panel with special guests, the great western band Fort Worth West, and so much more. The registration form with all information is on the website, chaparralroundup.com, or on the Facebook page, Chaparral Roundup, March 12th through the 14th, 2021, in Tucson, Arizona. Great fun with great people. Chaparral Roundup. You don't want to miss it. 
I just ran into trouble with one of Kirby's punchers. Did he get a good look at you? Well, it makes no difference whether he did or not. He won't tell nobody nothing. Someone happened along. I think it was that stranger, Billy Carson. But I don't believe he was close enough to recognize anyone. We can't have any guesswork on anything like that. No guesswork when you listen to the voices of the West. Back on Emil Franzi's uh, Voices of the West. You know that music is the uh, theme to the High Chaparral. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that Billy Carson. He's so nearsighted you can't see the <laughs> front end of his horse. Yeah, I'm sorry. You do you do a great Don Collier, but Charlie King, I'm sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, and our guest is Marty Freeze. Our late guest. Late guest. And uh, you no, know, he's not dead. Well. <laughs> He was late. Would have had him, yeah. And, and, and you know, he, he the was. show may be dying, but he's not dead. Well, not yet, not yet anyway. Not yet, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he came in he, while the, during the break. He ran out real quick. Yep. Brought two black books back by by a yeah. young author named Gene Freeze. Heard uh, him. I've just heard happens him. to be family connection. Yeah. yeah. But tell us okay. about him. Isn't yeah. that strange? All right. Uh, Gene's latest two books is called Wrangler Ray and the Lost Dutchman Gold Mine, and. Uh, this is a really intriguing book about an old Hollywood stuntman, you know, Wrangler, mm-hmm. and he gets involved with a guy who's 99 years old, and they're working on a low-budget film. Sounds like and the uh, Bunker to France story. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and then I'm, 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 plug, I'm plugging for the part. Once again, Gene nails it with all the characters that he mentions throughout oh, yeah. the books, and he has a way of, uh, you know, talking about some of the famous... Uh, incorporating supporting, them in there, yeah. Yeah. incorporating them and cool. supporting players nice. that hardly ever get mentioned. And then the other book is Tombstone Bound, and this is about a ranger and an outlaw being chased by bounty hunters just before they get to Tombstone. They get trapped up on a mountain. And that is so, it kept me guessing right to the end. Well, you know. And I still wasn't sure if uh, <laughs> the ranger I, was. <laughs> I, read, I read the back, and it was so neat. It says that the, the bounty hunters don't care which one they kill that's right. because they both look so much alike <laughs> that it Exactly. Yeah, so. yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's very intriguing. And once again, I'm, I'm so proud of the way Gene writes. Oh, he's a great that, uh, writer. Well, and he's also got another book out on uh, Doc Mahoney. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, oh, that's been out a while. Been, I know yeah. that's been out a while, but uh, I mean, and Richard, Richard J. Cole, yeah, yeah. Robert yeah. Mitchum. I mean, damn, he's yeah, the Robert Mitchum book. I, I was particularly proud of that because Boyd Majors gave it a five star review. Yeah. yeah, and said it was the best research book he's ever read. Yeah. Well, that's so, you know, get, how get can you be more proud of, of your son than that? <laughs> and I read a couple of other reviews uh, that uh, you know they were commenting on how he captured Robert Mitchum. Oh, yes, in he the did. Book. Yeah. He says, you know, it's like his character, the way he was, the kind of guy he was, what people thought about him. Just, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, he had a copy to Cindy Mitchum. Yeah. Yes. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're talking about movie locations. Yeah. Uh, that's the main thrust of the show. And, uh, uh, Todd, you got a question? Yeah. Well, I guess my biggest question is, is you know, Mark. Marty, as far as your son goes, I mean, how how did that all come about? I mean, were you, did you sit him down and watch John Wayne films or Clint Eastwood films or <laughs> any type of westerns as a little kid, and that started to influence him, or, well, I, or was it he just? Baseball. I mean, you don't I, find it on your own, and 
most people that want to start writing say, oh, I want to write, you know, women write romance novels and guys write murder mysteries. Yeah. Very, very few people write anything about the West. So well, where forced, did that germinate from? I forced Gene to watch Elvis when he was young. <laughs> so he would do Elvis impersonations. But uh, okay. eventually, with me well, watching Westerns, Gene... By the way, Marty, you could have chosen somebody much worse. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, true. You know, well, there, there's nothing wrong with a big E. And, and Marty does pretty good Elvis Presley stuff. He's, <laughs> I, we thought he was going to bring his guitar, yeah, but, he, gonna, but he shipped it to California. So Yeah, my acoustic is already in California. <laughs> So I didn't want thank to bring you, my thank electric. You, thank you, thank you very much. Gonna, that's right. Could you kind of just warble us a couple of uh, Elvis notes here? Oh, Elvis notes? <laughs> I thought I was going to do like Gunfight at the OK Corral. Oh, OK, go Frankie Lane. OK Corral, OK Corral. There the outlaw bin make their final stand. OK Corral. Anyway, that's a little bit of Frankie. Yeah. That's great. I used to wow. sing that in the show hey. at O Two Sun Studio. Yeah, you 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 do a very good Frankie Lang. He nailed okay. it. But like Johnny Western, you do Johnny Western. Uh, oh, Johnny Yuma and all those things. You know, oh, used to sing those. Yeah, Paladin. Uh, <laughs> I, I play those and I sing them. But right, right. Yeah, it's different when you don't have the guitar. Yeah, when it. you have the music, it's always different. Favorite favorite movie location for you, Marty? Uh, favorite movie location. Wow, that's a really good one. I would have to say the Alabama Hills. Yeah, mm. interesting because so many different westerns were shot up there. And I think the first, the first instance of using the Alabama Hills came in 1923, I think. Yep, right around there. Yeah. 23, 24, uh, some silent movie, and 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 it exploded but, from then on. Speaking of locations, I I, I watched the end of. Uh, searchers for the hundredth time right. yeah. a couple of days ago. Just the last thing, and there's old the magnificent Bronson Canyon. Yeah, you know, with the, the <laughs> old, yeah, it's like God, and you you know, you never think that it wasn't in Monument Valley, right? Uh, one of the locations in the Searchers was San Juan River up in Mexico, yeah. Hat, and I got that really good on video. Oh, so God. I've had I had that on my first video. I went back recently and saw some of the footage and realized, man, this is really awesome footage. I got to <laughs> redo another scene with this and edit a little better and, and put it together. So that's going to be one of my big ones. And one of my favorite other locations is Mescal. Yeah. Of course, we did a video on Mescal last year with Harry. And uh, I'd, I'd done a presentation at the White Stallion Ranch for a SAG group. So Harry approached me, talking about Harry Lanzine, mm-hmm. and... Uh, he came up and asked me if I'd like to do a documentary on Mescal. And I said, boy, would I ever. That would, oh, be yeah, awesome. would I? Because yeah. I'd been down there before and filmed Mescal and got an interview with Frank Brown. And he's the caretaker down there. He was until this year. But anyway, uh, when we went down last February, mm-hmm. we went down and shot the footage. And then Nick got pictures, the cameraman. And we were going to go back and do a little fine-tuning. And then we started with the other video on Marana. Marana Film History because a film expo was coming up and Laura wanted to, you know, put something together for the presentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in between that time, I'd met Marissa at uh, from Netflix. She came over to the White Stallion Ranch, her and her boyfriend, and she's the head of Netflix. Ooh. She owns, she operated a whole studio in Albuquerque. Wow. So she came with her boyfriend. She was really impressed with the White Stallion. Then next day, she went out with Laura at Old Tucson Studios, was really impressed because she was looking for alternative filming sites. 
you know, besides just filming in New Mexico, there, right. the studio. So Barb and I was over in New Mexico last year for our anniversary, and we stopped in Albuquerque, and Marissa took us through the whole soundstage, all the studios, oh, cool. all the buildings. It was pretty awesome. Nice. <laughs> Did you get out to Eve's Ranch? Uh, well, I've been out there before. Oh, okay. I got that on video, too, Yeah. Uh, for so, the cowboys. And so who, who owns Mezcal now? Mezcal is owned by... Uh, DLV or whatever. Oh, Tucson Company is still technically the owners, but now the county's taken over. I'm not sure what the status is. Because that's not county property, and it's, no, not, it's, part, not. it's, it's not part of the Cochise. original agreement. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Bob Shelton bought that for $9,000 uh, right after Monty Wash. And he actually, uh, they were negotiating for $10,000, and then Bob got him down to $9,000. He was happy, you know, really happy. Yeah. And about 15 minutes later, they called him and said, Bob, the set just blew down in a storm. <laughs> so they had to rebuild it. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that was there. my dad, Marty. Yeah, his, was it? <laughs> yeah, that was my dad, Bobby Roberts and Hal Landers oh, yeah. produced uh, Monty Walsh. And, yeah, I, uh, uh, awesome. I, I, they, right after, I remember my dad walking around the office. He was like, I can't believe this. This is the yeah. only time I've ever done a deal. And... Uh, it literally fell apart afterwards instead yeah. of before. <laughs> and, and I, uh, I, I was just going through. He, yeah, they sold it, and then literally days later, a yep. uh, flash flood came through and heavy, heavy winds, and yeah. it was all gone. Like a microburst. Well, there's a, a western town for sale in New, Me- in New Mexico. Oh, yeah. South uh, southwest of Albuquerque. The guy is asking 1.6 mil for it. It's on 58 acres of property. And it has uh, 18 structures. There's a stagecoach, a windmill, uh, uh, the saloon, build, buildings, sheriff's a saloon, sh- sheriff's office, a bank, um, Blacksmith. a hotel, uh, a whorehouse. And Gotta have a whorehouse. Are you talking about a Bonanza Creek Ranch or are you talking about no, Cook no. Ranch? This is the, it's over by Detal. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And, and he said the, the, in the listing, he said he'd... Built it by himself for ten years. A nail, wow. a, a nail at a time. A nail at a time. All four hundred thousand of them. <laughs> How did I miss that one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, and the town, we, we saw pictures of it. The town is beautiful. Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, it, it, it just crying for somebody to use it. I'd never been on uh, a Cook Ranch before, but I tried to get on it. Yeah. And uh, Tom Ford had taken over the designer. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't allow anybody on the set. Matter of fact, Mrs. Hughes told me that she sent two actors over there to the gate. They were supposed to be on the movie. And the guy wouldn't let him in. And they said, hey, we're on the movie. We're supposed to be here. He said, nope, nobody gets on the set without wow. Tom's permission. And so I drove the back road out behind, and I could see I got a long shot with my video camera, but I thought, I could hike right across here <laughs> about a mile or two, and I could be. It's kind of like sneaking up on the uh, Indian said, cap and yeah. the searchers. You yeah. know? Barb said, you're not doing that. <laughs> If she uh, would have been with me, I'm sure I would have. <laughs> those wives, though, they're, uh, they're bane of our existence. Yeah, hey, that. we got to do our final break here. We're talking with uh, film historian Marty Freeze here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West with Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. And we'll be back with much more right after these very, very important Arizona, messages. The land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Hymas Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. I'm S. Wilkinson Investments. They're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. One of my favorite places, the saloon. Yeah, with the honky tonk <laughs> piano. Here we are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest is Marty Freeze, and um, we're talking. Film history, movie locations, that kind of thing. And don't shoot the piano player. And don't, yeah, please yeah. don't shoot the piano For player. For sure. It's subjective, of course, but what makes a great movie location? <sighs> a cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> Cinematography is huge. Okay. I'll, I think, I'll accept yeah. that. Uh, you know, sunset along with the mountain range. Mm-hmm. Uh, the terrain could be, if they're in a desert setting where they're struggling, to, you know, the, you can make that beautiful. The desert scenery. Yeah. 
uh, man against the elements, you know. It's, well, look uh, at Vasquez Rocks. Yeah, Vasquez it's, Rocks. It's been everything from uh, prehistoric dinosaur country to <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey. Right. Well, the same with the Alabama Hills. Yeah. Uh, old-time westerns and uh, Star Trek's yeah. film there. So. Yeah, and you, you, know, that's, you know, that's the other thing, too. It's like a good location, they keep going back, you know. Uh, you know, Monument Valley, it's like, you know, something about, it's like, how do you get a bad shot in Monument Valley? Exactly. Well, you just turn the camera. <laughs> and then know. you don't have a bad shot. I don't know if I told you this before when I was working on the first documentary about Western locations. Uh, Barb was filming me out there on John Ford Point, and in my DVD cover was a picture of an Indian on a horse on John Ford Point. So I'm talking, I'm fading out, and this... Indian rides out on the point right there, so Barb just turns the camera and gets him right there. Wow. <laughs> it's like a perfect ending to the How cool. That's serendipity. Yeah, right? yeah. no yeah. kidding. No kidding. And, you know, that's a funny thing, but so many movies like that, it's like, it's like I can't remember which one of the Ford ones it was, but uh, it's the end of the day. Uh, they're losing the light. There's a thunderstorm, lightning, and the cameraman, he says, you know, got to shut it down, and Ford says, no roll it and the cameraman won an academy award yep and he printed on the film he says printed shot under protest <laughs> under protest so are there any locations that have been used that perhaps should not have been used oh yeah in the final edit <laughs> well if you ask me the man shot liberty balance mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's true yeah all in the sound the stage. all in the sound stage. i thought that movie could have been yeah i love the movie yeah but i thought it could have been enhanced so much more if they would have shot on a western set somewhere mm -hmm. and in color and it's strange that John Ford was shooting movies in color and he went back to black and white for that movie although the cinematography well, is really good it, he, he, talks, he talks he talks about it why yeah. he did it he did it uh, I don't I agree I would rather have seen it in color but he does it because he wanted he set it on a sound stage because he wanted the film to feel claustrophobic and he yeah. did it in black and white because he said it is the it's the ending of the West. It's a it's a period of time that almost like a fade out, and it goes to black. So black and white it's is the true. closest to that. And I mean that's why he did it. You can disagree with it or not. I mean a lot of people don't agree with Woody Allen shooting Manhattan or Annie Hall in black. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time he had his reasons. Well, you know, and the West was closing in. You know, and that's a, it was the end of it. That's an interesting point because you know, I, it, when you said it, I got to thinking the scenes that are shot out at John Wayne's ranch and that are almost jarring because they're so open. You know, and it's like yeah, it's like, it's almost like another movie in a way. Here's an interesting uh, thing, Todd. I don't know if you ever heard this before, but uh, when they did the man who shot Liberty Valance, you know, they did the song. And they contracted Gene Pitney to sing it. Right. And they went in the studio, and Gene Pitney was recording the song. In between that time, John Ford decided not to use it and go ahead and release the movie. But nobody told Gene Pitney. Oh, yeah. So he's in the studio, he's recording the song. Yeah. And after one take, the drummer stopped and said, why are we doing this song? And he said, we're doing it for the movie. And he said, well, the movie's already been released. It's right down the street. So they all <laughs> took a break and walked down and saw the marquee. It said, the man who shot Liberty Valance. And Gene Pitney said, we're going to record it anyway. I'm contracted to do it. He recorded that song in four different languages, and he had top ten hits. And yeah, it was number country. one, yeah. yeah. That's right. Because yep. he could sing in Spain, in Spain. He had a number uh, 
I'm five hit with it. Yeah. He sang in Japanese. He sang in Italian. Mm-hmm. He could sing in French. So <laughs> he had recording. You know, he was an international uh, yeah. star, Gene Pitney. Oh, he was huge. Yeah, yeah he was oh, died of a heart attack at really 66. A, a town without pity. You know, yeah, exactly. a song from the movie. Yeah, yeah. the movie's pretty, right. Pretty, but that that song makes the movie so much more popular. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Well, and it also is a is a uh, it's you know in Ford's estimation. He spent, if if you read through like John Wayne's biographies and so on, he spent much more time with Lee Marvin than he did with Wayne yeah. on that film. Yeah, he he gave all he gave everything he had. Really, he wanted the as bad as the character was. He wanted the character in stature to be as big as John Wayne's character. Yeah, he said something to the effect that. Uh, Marvin's performance was one of the greatest performances he ever filmed. Awesome. Well, I agree with you, I, and I would agree with him. And uh, I, it, I just saw it the other day, last weekend. I just watched it, and uh, I'll tell you, there's so many great lines in it. But the the one that always gets me every single time is when after they nominate the delegates, uh, which is uh, Edmund O'Brien and. Jimmy Stewart and everybody leaves and uh, standing up there with John Wayne and here comes Liberty Valance and uh, Lee Marvin walks up and he says alright dude that's it uh, you better I better see you out in the street uh, with a gun strapped on uh, tonight and he almost starts to turn away but he doesn't and he, he points his cord at him and he says and don't make us come look for you. <laughs> and just the way he said it, I mean, I can remember as a kid watching it, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, no. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Somebody's going to kill Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, how's yeah. this going to work? Yeah. Uh, because I even knew that Jimmy Stewart couldn't hold the candle to him. Uh, as a gunfighter and so on. I was even able to figure that out. And, Wayne, and, and Wayne Bush went him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a in a lot of ways it's uh, Ford's film noir, yeah. other than his his film his 1936 or 37 film, The Informer oh, that Victor Mulligan won Best Supporting Actor for. This is the other film noir that he made, and that's kind of what it is. Although I we've talked many times on this program of that that my darling Clementine is film noir in a way, but not dark, not as dark as this film is. This Seven film, women. you know, when they beat, um, when, when they beat, uh, uh, Edmund O'Brien, uh, and destroy his print shop for the newspaper, the Shinbone star. I mean, that's a really uncomfortable scene. Even for me to this day, mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time watching it all. And if you notice, Ford gets away with it because there were still censors. He does it in the dark. He does it. He, he does it in shadows. Yeah, you can't really see it, and you also don't see uh, uh, um, Edmund O'Brien laying on the ground. But you know that that's what Lee Marvin is doing. Is he's beating him to death, fellas? We're out of time, oh. unfortunately. Marty, thank you so much. Um, I just want to say, Harry and Bunker. Yeah, you know, it's been great being with you guys the last few years thank here. You. Uh, really appreciate you having me on the show back. and you know, having yeah. Gene. Yeah, 
and when I get back to town, I, hopefully Bunker and I is going to be at the Empire Ranch next year together. Hey, we'll just do and it. By, we'll just talk with you by phone. Well, we can do that. Or too, like he and I, Bunker and I, will come out there and and <laughs> yeah. get, we'll all get we'll, together. We'll, and there we'll, you go. We'll camp out in the yeah. yard. Yeah. Next Saturday, next time we get together, which is after Christmas Day, we're going to talk screenplays. Yeah, the the best. So yeah, it's that's it be for a now. Show. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And seventy-eight. 79 80 So long everybody <laughs> Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West